Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. God blesses the life of radical faith. I can guarantee this. If you live by radical faith in God, God will bless your life. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Are you trusting in God's plan for your life, even if you don't understand His purposes right now? Today on The Verdict, we're discussing this challenge as Ruth and Naomi arrive at a significant crossroads. How do we trust God in the hard times? How do we demonstrate radical faith? We're continuing in the book of Ruth. Let's join Pastor John Monroe for today's message about the life God blesses. Today we continue our study in the little Old Testament book of Ruth. Last time we left Naomi and her daughters-in-law at a significant crossroads in the foreign land of Moab. After the death of her husband and her two sons, Naomi hears of the Lord's blessing on Israel and steps out in faith. She plans to walk many miles to return home. That's radical faith. That's trusting God. In her brokenness, God is still at work in her life. Having made her decision, Naomi encourages her daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, to stay in Moab, where they may have a chance for a future. These are significant decisions that will impact the rest of their lives. What will they choose? Think about what you would say as we consider their answers. Let me invite you to open your Bible then to Ruth chapter 1, and we are first of all going to read from verses 6 through 14. Last week we saw two scenes. A weeping, middle-aged widow standing in a Moabite graveyard was scene one. Scene two, Naomi hearing of God's tender grace. Verse six then of Ruth one. Then she arose, that is Naomi, with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the land of Moab, for she had heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. So she departed from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, but we will surely return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Here is our third scene. Three women standing at the crossroads between Moab and Bethlehem. I want us, first of all, to think of Naomi as a wonderful example of radical faith. Naomi at a crossroads in her life, decides to return to Bethlehem, verse 6. But even more astonishingly, Orpah and Ruth, as we've just read, want to go with Naomi, their mother-in-law, to Bethlehem. 
they too are at a crossroads in their life. Now, Naomi's prayer in verses 8 and 9, her prayer for her daughters-in-law, point to the deep love which they have for one another. And Naomi is going to explain several factors which should cause, and no doubt do cause, Orpah and Ruth to think again about leaving Moab. Orpah clearly loves her mother-in-law. She kisses her. But having regard to all that Naomi has said, she returns to Moab. However, Ruth is still determined to go with Naomi. Let's read from verse 15. Then she, Naomi says, talking to Ruth, Behold, your sister-in-law, that's Orpah, has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. When she, Naomi, saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Verse 15, Orpah has gone back to her people and her gods. She chooses the familiar. She chooses the known rather than the unknown. There's a possibility of a brighter future in Moab, Orpah thinks. Implicit in Naomi's challenge is the cost of following the true and the living Lord. But here Ruth confesses her trust in the true Lord, as we read in verses 16 and 17. And these are some of the most memorable, most moving, most radical, and most poetic words ever recorded. They're not just courageous words of human love from a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law, although they're certainly that. These are the words of a radical living faith of a woman who was raised a pagan, who worshipped false gods, who now not only is confessing her faith in the true God, but is demonstrating that her faith is real, it's authentic, it's radical, as she turns her back on all that she knows and steps out with God. That's radical faith. And this is the faith that pleases God. This is the life which God blesses. Now, of course, we know the end of the story. We know how it's going to turn out. But remember, Naomi and Ruth have no conception at all of how it will turn out. Ruth steps out into the unknown, but she steps out with her trust in the Lord. Now, Ruth's words are not only words of conversion, as it were, they're also covenant words. Turn with me to Exodus 6. Exodus, the second book in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 6, verse 7. I'm saying that her words are covenant words. Exodus 6, verse 7. End of verse 6, the Lord is saying, I'm going to redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments to Israel when they're still slaves in Egypt. Verse 7, then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. Similarly, in Leviticus, the next book, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 26 Verse 12, 
There is a covenant between God and His people. And in the words which Ruth is articulating to Orpah, she has an understanding of this. Leviticus 26, verse 12, I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. How wonderful. Ruth understands something of God's promise of grace and provision for His special people. Now the people of God will be her people. Now their God will be her God. This is a radical binding of herself in allegiance to the Lord and His people for all of life. She is entering into a covenant with the Lord. Naomi sees the spiritual determination of Ruth. And now together, can you picture it? They're at the crossroads, but they move from the crossroads. They now set out on a journey. These two women of radical faith setting out on a journey from Moab to Bethlehem. Naomi, a believer for many years, having gone through extraordinary heartaches and bereavements, no doubt a time of questioning of the Lord, no doubt with some bitterness in her heart still, but she understands that the Lord is for her and with her. She retraces her steps to Bethlehem. She's going home. She's going back to fellowship with the people of God. She's going back to worship the true and the living Lord. At her side is this young woman, this young Moabite widow, Ruth. She too has known heartache, true, not as deeply as Naomi, but she too has known heartache. But she has experienced this chesed, this covenantal, loyal love that Naomi refers to in verse 8 of the Lord's kindness. She understands something of the Lord's kindness and grace and mercy in her life. And she sees in Naomi a woman of true faith. And she binds herself to Naomi's people, to Naomi's home, to Naomi's God. And now these two women, perhaps hand in hand, Naomi and Ruth, have their backs to Moab, and they're going to retrace their steps to Bethlehem, the house of bread. They're going to experience, as this beautiful story unfolds, they're going to experience the truth that God always blesses the life of radical faith. Now, what would have been your decision if you had been Naomi, if you had been Ruth? What would you do? What do you do in such circumstances? What do you do when life hits a brick wall and you sense that God is leading you? You sense that God is guiding you. What do you do? Stay in your comfort zone with your familiar circumstances? Play it safe, as it were? Or do you or will you exercise this radical faith like Ruth. Now, what are we learning in these two studies of Ruth? We're learning that God, as a sovereign God, providentially overruling the most difficult of circumstances, the mistakes, the problems of our lives, even the evil things that people do to us, that God is so great that He uses all of these for our good. He is watching over you. He knows your name. He cares for you. He is with you. God watching over us is at the heart of divine providence. Doesn't that give you a great assurance in life? A great security in the midst of the storm to know that my God watches over me. 
And that he hasn't abandoned me, although sometimes it may feel that he has. He has not abandoned me. He has not forgotten me. He's watching over me. And I am to trust him with all of my heart. Today, as you sit here, you may be a true believer in Jesus Christ. You have in the past opened your heart and your life and received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Praise God for that. But if you're honest, and before God you must be honest, today your heart is cold towards the Lord. Perhaps there's some bitterness in your heart because of some problem or tragedy in your life. Perhaps others have hurt you, wronged you, but you need today to take godly, yes, godly decisions. You need to repent of all known sin in your life. You need, brother, sister, to retrace your steps. You need to humble yourself before the Lord. You need afresh to express your humble trust in the Lord. You're in a spiritual rut, a rut which is taking you further and further from the Lord. It's time to stop. It's time to take spiritual infantry and to realize that you have gone too far from the Lord and it's time to retrace your steps. It's time to get back to the Lord. It's time to experience His grace and His forgiveness and His leading and His goodness. He will guide you because God always blesses the life of radical faith. Perhaps there's some here like Ruth, and up till now you've not been a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps like Ruth, you've been brought up and lived as a pagan, or perhaps you've been brought up in a kind of cultural Christianity, and while you would say with your lips you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you only pay lip service to Christ and to Christian living. Your faith is not radical. You have never really committed your life, your future, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you stop playing a game? You're not impressing God, obviously. You're probably not impressing anyone. Will you get real? Will you get radical? Will you truly come to Jesus Christ, turning from your sin and embracing the one who loves you, who died for you, and who has wonderful plans for your life? Will you do that? Today, Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What are you going to accomplish? You gain the world. You achieve your dreams, but in so doing, you lose your own soul. You've gained absolutely nothing. No, have radical faith in the Lord Jesus. You say, Pastor, I am a believer. What are some evidences and examples of radical faith? Openly confessing Christ as your Savior and Lord. Some of you are true believers in Jesus Christ, but you've never confessed it, perhaps even in your family. You've never taken a stand at work as a follower of Christ. You say, well, you don't know the office, the bank, the hospital, the store, the factory, the school where I am. It's easy for you. You work at church, but what about me? Exercise radical faith. Trust God. Openly confess, not in a pharisaical, self-righteous way, but humbly tell people of what Christ has done in your life. 
That's what baptism is, publicly displaying that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, stepping out in faith into the unknown, trusting in the true God. You see, Ruth would never go back to Moab. Her decision was radical. She would, she is saying, be buried in Bethlehem. You see, Christ's followers are to have our backs to our sinful past. Jesus said that if a man takes the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. No, we are to keep looking forward. You say, well, I don't know where the Lord will lead me. I understand that. You say, I would like to trust God, but I'd like to know what he's got in store for me. But often he doesn't tell us. That's what it means to live by faith, by radical faith. We are to follow Christ and trust Christ wherever he leads us and whatever the cost. But living a life of radical faith brings tremendous freedom and blessing. Setting off for Bethlehem, Naomi and Ruth must have been the freest two women in the whole universe. Their hope is in the Lord. They don't know what lies ahead, but they do know that their Lord is with them and is guiding them and is directing them and will provide for them. Today, will you step out in radical faith? Will you trust God? The Lord will guide you, provide for you, use you, bless you. For some of you, a new ministry opportunity awaits you, but you fear failure. Today, step out in radical faith. For some of you, there is an opportunity to witness for Jesus Christ, but you're still resistant. You know what you should do, but you are resistant. Will you step out in radical faith? For some of you, a godly new relationship is ahead of you, but still you wonder, step out in radical faith. The Lord is calling you to a new beginning, perhaps, a new location, a new situation, but still you're anxious. Today, brother, sister, step out in radical faith. I had practiced law for 10 years in Scotland, enjoyed being an attorney, I liked the law. I thought God had put me on this planet uh, to be an attorney. I enjoyed it. I'd been a criminal prosecutor and then for five years in a private law practice, a great practice with great colleagues, interesting work, good financial return, wonderful life. And then out of the blue, one day, out of the blue as far as I was concerned, as I was having lunch with a fellow attorney, he said to me, John, do you think you're going to be a lawyer all your life? I said, of course I am. And as I went from him, I thought, what a strange question. Of course, I enjoyed being a lawyer. I'd worked hard to get where I was. Of course, I was going to be a lawyer for the rest of my life. But that seemingly chance question was a question which the Spirit of God used to penetrate deep into my heart and my soul. And as I thought about that question, I couldn't get the question out of my mind. And I realized that I had answered that question far too quickly, far too arrogantly. After all, I did say that I was a follower of Jesus Christ and that He was Lord of my life. And as I began to think and to pray, I realized to my utter astonishment, thinking I was a most unlikely candidate to go into full-time ministry. And I know some of you agree with that, but there you are. (laughs) Blame the Lord for that, not me. I didn't want to do it either. (laughs) The Lord was saying, John, this is what I want you to do. I began some research and found that 
through various circumstances that the best place then where I thought I could study and prepare to be a preacher of the Word of God and a shepherd of souls was at Dallas Theological Seminary. And when I told my dear wife we'd been married for seven years, she was very hesitant, to put it mildly. She looked at me as if, wait a minute, I left the Faroe Islands, I left Scandinavia to come to Scotland. Now you're telling me that you're going to end your legal career and you're going to go uh, to Dallas and you want me to come with you, do you? And we're going to have no income for four years and no one is going to pay us a cent? And I said, good if God is in this, as I think he is, will you pray with me? And if God is not in this, we'll stay where we are. But if God is in this, we must obey and after some time, Goodney came to me and said, John, I'm ready. I'm with you. I remember when we told our parents on both sides, they were absolutely astonished. They thought I had lost my mind. My older brother, being a physician, concerned about money, as physicians usually are. Um, <laughs> lawyers, of course, you know, we make so much, we don't care about it. But anyhow, <laughs> my older brother called me and said, John, what are you going to live on for four years? I said, well, we're selling our home. I've got some money in my law practice, and God will provide. And we're not going to ask anyone for anything. And so we landed in Dallas Theological Seminary, Dallas, Texas. We'd never been there, never been to Dallas before. I'd only been twice to the U.S., once on vacation with Goodney to Florida, once when I was a student to the Big Apple, didn't know people. Why did we do it? Because we wanted to do it, no. And I thought after four years in the U.S., that would be enough for me, and God would have an assignment back for me in Scotland, which again would have been my desire. Never worked out that way. Stepping out in radical faith. You say, John, that was a tremendous sacrifice. It was not a sacrifice at all. Think of all that Christ has done in saving my soul. And the greatest privilege that any of us can have is to know that what we are doing, whether thousands of miles away in a foreign land or whether next door or whether in your office or your school or across the street, the greatest privilege that any of us can have is to know that the hand of God is on us and that we have obeyed God because God always blesses the life of radical faith. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, The Life God Blesses. If you missed any part of this lesson or you'd like to share it with a friend, just go to our website at theverdict.org. And as we continue our series in the Book of Ruth, we want to make sure you don't miss out on the valuable study guide that goes along with each of these lessons. John has created a special listening guide full of insightful notes, engaging questions, and helpful prompts so that you can apply this biblical teaching to your everyday life. Just go to our website to request your free copy of the Ruth Listening Guide. That's theverdict.org. And before we close today's program, we invite you to join us in what God is doing through these daily biblical messages by supporting us with a financial gift of any amount. Your generous contributions will help keep these gospel messages on the air in your local community and send them to new listeners all around the world. So partner with us today by going online to theverdict.org. You can also give over the phone by calling 
1-800-242-2231. Or send a donation in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. And then just a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast and get exclusive access to John's topical weekly segment called Avizandum. You'll find us on most podcast apps by searching for The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Are you a person of radical faith? Are you following Christ wherever He may lead? Are you trusting in God's plan for your life, even if you don't have a clear picture of His purposes right now? You may be saying, you don't know what I've been through. I understand you've been through tough circumstances, but God is faithful and you can trust Him. Join me next time as we see how we can rely on God even in the worst of circumstances when God is hidden in the storm. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.